Chevy Equinox with forward collision alert, automatic emergency braking, and available all-wheel drive. It's my ultimate mobile device. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule a test drive. Chevy Equinox. It's your choice. Own it. I love my dog as much as I love you. But you may think my dog will always come through. All he asks from me is the food to give him strength. All he ever needs is love and that he knows he'll get. I mean, let's face it. If you were dating someone and your dog didn't like him, they wouldn't get a second date, right? (laughs) I know they wouldn't in my house. This is 720 WGN. The show is going to the dogs, our favorite vet. Dr. Dana Varble is with us, and Dana, we call this a foodie Friday. So before we get into everything else we want to talk about, is there is there one thing that you could give your dog that you could share with them that might be a cool, refreshing treat on a hot summer you know, day? This is the time for things like blueberries, strawberries, and raspberries, right? Like, they are in season. Pop those suckers in the freezer, put them in the fridge, especially blueberries, very safe for dogs. They love them. Little pieces of strawberries, low-cal, great summer refresher for your dogs and us. And you know what? I took your advice that you gave on the show, I don't know, a couple months ago. I was making green beans, fresh green beans the other night. And mm-hmm. because, because I have three dogs in the kitchen waiting and looking, they'll eat a green bean because they don't want their brother to eat it. So they're like, oh, I'm not really sure, but I'll eat it. <laughs> Yeah, fresh green beans are about to come into season, too. So all of us are going to enjoy some fresh vegetables. And don't feel bad about sharing some of those with your dogs. Just avoid grapes, raisins, no centers of apples, and you are in pretty good shape. She is Chicago's exotic pet vet. She is also the chief veterinary officer for the North American Veterinary Community. It's Dr. Dana Varble. What about when we're going to be experiencing temperatures in the 90s and it seems like the sidewalk is hot and you see people running on the street with their dogs. Is there a danger in that? Yeah, there is. Around this time of year, we frequently see something we call friction blisters in dogs. And these are typically dogs that have been running on the hot pavement or around an in-ground pool for the afternoon. And we kind of forget that while we have shoes on, we have sandals on, or even maybe our feet are wet from being in that pool, the cement, the concrete, the asphalt feels pretty comfortable to you. But your dog's feet typically are black, and they've been running on that black concrete. Um, So that can actually pretty easily cause these burns that are pretty severe because the bottom layer of the pad essentially uh, gets a blister. And you don't see it like our skin, where you can see kind of that clear liquid underneath. You don't see that, but literally kind of the top layer of the pad just kind of peels away. And underneath, that's, that tissue is relatively sensitive. And the big concern is it takes a little while for that pad to heal. You know, that skin is thick, almost like a callus on your foot. So it can take two or three weeks for that skin to grow back. So if you can avoid the hottest times of day with your dog, definitely over the next week, let's keep it to the mornings and evenings at the, at, at the most. Yeah. Somebody said, um, hey, Doc, what's good for a dog that is teething? We have a three-month-old mini Labradoodle. She's a ball of fire. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> teething is hard. 
Yeah, I mean, the good news is it's only a small period of time. So hang in there, everyone, <laughs> if you have a puppy, because they become land, little land sharks. Um, all of a sudden, they're grabbing you, they're grabbing toys, they're grabbing the furniture, they're grabbing your clothing, your shoes, everything. So very challenging. Find some good puppy chew toys. Um, another great thing is you can pop things like Kongs or some of the toys have um, a center for treats. Pop those in the freezer because that frozen, again, it can just be frozen water. It can be frozen broth or it could just be some really cold peanut butter. Anything that's really cold, they're really going to be drawn to because it's going to bring it. Basically, it's just like ice on those sore gums and sore teeth. And just try and divert their attention away from things they're not supposed to be biting, like your hands and your shoes, to those types of treats and toys. Just every time just say, say no, don't make a big deal of it, and go right to the treats, right to the toys. Because, of course, when you make a big deal of it, it makes it a game. So yeah, yeah. We're and not, the game we're is not fun for them. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm <laughs> glad that all these it's crazy. These questions are feeding right into our Foodie Friday. Uh, that's what we like to celebrate on Fridays. This person said, my dog, and I had a dog. My mom's dog did this. Mm. This person said, my dog picks the bright red cherry tomatoes right off the plant and eats mm-hmm. them. And my mom's dog would <laughs> jump up on the planter and do that, too. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. So tomato plants are really interesting. For those of you that garden, you know if you get down in your tomato plants, they have actually a pretty strong smell. And that's supposed to keep things like deer and some like the rabbits away because the leaves and stems of tomatoes are kind of a noxious smell. But the bright red cherry tomatoes and even the bright red tomatoes are fair game for everything. So, yes, dogs will still grab those right off the plant. It's not going to hurt them, but it will interfere with you having a nice salad tonight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dr. Mm -hmm. Dana Varble is with us. She's the chief veterinary officer for the North American veterinary community. She's also Chicago's exotic pet vet. We're going to come back and talk about rabbits domesticated Mm -hmm. rabbits and wild rabbits are suffering from a deadly disease getting hit with it in Illinois. And I've also got a gift certificate or two to give away to people who have a question for you. Uh, We'll get to as many of those as we can at 312-981-7200. Right now, Kevin Wells has a check on weather and traffic. Seven twenty WGN. Beautiful weekend in the city. So much going on. The Cubs and the Cards. Beyonce at Soldier Field. Pitchfork Music Fest. You will see that people and their animals are in every corner of this city because the weather's going to be great. I have a friend, Bill Tennant. He's a radio engineer, and he and his wife, Maggie, save rabbits. They board rabbits for other people. And I was talking to him today about this disease that is now killing Pets, rabbits, wild, domestic. Dr. Dana Varble is with us. She is our pet vet. She joins us every other Friday. She's a chief veterinary officer for the North American Veterinary Community and Chicago's exotic pet vet. What's the most interesting surgery you've ever had to perform on a rabbit? Oh, I've done a lot. You know, we stay new to rabbits really regularly at our clinic, but... I think probably one of the wildest ones is I just recently had a rabbit who had a 
bite wound to its ear and I had to do quite an extensive repair to kind of remake that ear. Now, in the end, it looked really good. So I'm fingers crossed that that rabbit has a very beautiful, almost, we're just going to say plastic surgery level. Yes, exactly. Two two pats on the back and hope that that turned out good. But it was, it was a, I was like, oh my goodness, goodness, they have big ears to get bit. And uh, it was a little bit of a mess. It's so hard to be on the bottom of the food chain where everybody wants to eat you, you know? It's just terrible. But what what is this thing that's killing them now? What's going on? Yeah, so this started back actually right around the same time the COVID pandemic was hitting people. So late 2020, 2021, we had the first occurrence of rabbit hemorrhagic disease in the United States. And it started on the West Coast. It actually started, I believe, in Washington State. Um, and some friends of mine who are exotic veterinarians out there were one of the first ones to report it. And it did occur around the world, but we had never had it in the United States before that. So it's been slowly making its way, unfortunately, through rabbit and domestic rabbit populations, kind of moving towards the East Coast. And unfortunately, about eight days ago, on July 13th, we had our first report of rabbit hemorrhagic disease, unfortunately killing a few rabbits in right around Chicago. So this is the first report of this disease even occurring in Illinois. Mm. So it's really scary because it doesn't give us a lot of warning signs. Sometimes the rabbits will start to look like they have a bloody nose or a little bit of blood around their mouth. But more often, unfortunately, we see a rabbit that looks healthy one day and the next day has unfortunately passed away. And doctor, so, it's county fair time. So there's going to be a lot of people is. bringing their rabbits to compete at county Together. fairs. Do they, can they be vaccinated or what do you do? So that's the good news with this, Lisa. It's, we actually um, have a new vaccine in the U.S. that we imported very quickly when those outbreaks started occurring on the West Coast. So at our practice and in many of the practices that work with exotics, work with pet rabbits around Chicago, we've been vaccinating rabbits for, gosh, almost two years now, which is great news. So it works really well. It's a very safe vaccine. So especially for those of you that are thinking county fair time, thinking you're going to do that kind of thing, give us a call at one of the exotic veterinarians around Chicago. We're all doing vaccine clinics to try and get everybody updated on this vaccine and make sure it's a safe time for rabbits to go participate in all these fun activities with you. Awesome. We've got two people on the phone and we've got about 60 seconds for each one of these people. Let's go with Laura first. Laura has a question about the dogs getting too aggressive while they're playing. Explain that to Dr. Varble. Hi. Uh, we rescued a little uh, a bagel Labrador, and we're working with an AKA trainer, and he's like, you have to play more. So we're 10 minutes to train it, 10 minutes to play. So when we throw balls, he gets so whipped up and excited, he actually growls mm. at me. And how we can maybe play, but play nicely? Without that, yeah. So that's a behavior called fixation. So when an animal decides they just love something so much that they fixate on it, it can kind of quickly progress to be something a little too much. So one thing I'd recommend is it's great to play, but maybe change up what kind of toy you play with so that they never get too fixated on one particular one. Look for tosses and toys and kongs, something that makes them realize that it's not just one toy to work with. And then lots of treats when they're behaving and almost no attention when they're not. And you know what, Laura? 
I, I don't know where you're located, but I have some gift certificates today for Ooh. Geneva, and they've got a great store called Pug and Hound on State Street that has lots of toys and treats, and I'll give you a $50 oh. Geneva gift certificate. Oh, you could use it there, or there's yeah. 150 shops and restaurants, and if you hang on, we'll get that in the mail to you. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you for the advice. That really was great. Um, and Good. anyone else listening, July 29th through the 30th, Geneva Chambers Geneva Arts Fair takes place. You can find more info at visitgenevail.org. And uh, let's get Jean's question on real quick before we have to toss it to the newsroom. Jean has a question about snakes, and you're in luck because Dr. Varble shares a mm. home with one. <laughs> Hi there. I was stepping out on my patio the other day. And emerging from a very small crack was a black snake. Needless to say, it it scared the you-know-what out of me. I'm definitely a snake. And once it saw me, it kind of scampered away. Uh, What can I, and I do live on the edge of a forest reserve, but what can I do to, um, you know, not find them on my patio any longer? I've had, I really have a problem um, I had one before, but this was many years ago. Okay, Jean, hang on. Let the doctor answer this because I think the <laughs> the answer isn't going to be suitable for you. But go for it, Doc. <laughs> well, they like to sneak up. And I'll admit, I live on the edge of the forest, too. So I occasionally get startled because we do have a lot of garter snakes on our property as well. And, you know, the one thing that I will say is to make sure you're cleaning up things around your property. They love leaf litter and loose mulch to kind of hide and make nests in. So the more your property is cleaned up right to the edge of your house, the less likely you are to have those little guys sneak up and scare you. Now, I will say, vast, vast majority of snakes in Illinois are not dangerous to humans. If you let them be, they'll let us be. So a lot of times if I get startled by one, I just kind of go, whoop. And walk away. I knew that was going to be it. Like, uh, (laughs) make friends with them because you can't get rid of them. Yeah. Dr. Dana Barbell. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. (laughs) We like to keep them at a distance, though. Even me. (laughs) Yeah. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise and being on the show today. Thank you so much. Everyone have a great summer. And you can find her, Chicago's Exotic Pet Vet, or look her up, Google her. It's Dr. Dana Varble. Coming up next, Steve's news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.